Hola, hola, hola. Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Love at First Psych. I am on your co-host, Jay Christie, where it's show time about Psych. Rewatched. I completely screwed myself up by just changing one word. But we rewatched Psych. You know what it is. I'm joined by co-host, Andre Barra. Andre, how are you? Bien, bien. Aquí nomás chambeando. Uh, teniendo una, un placer de estar aquí contigo, mi amigo. Great, great, great. I'm I'm not going to ask what you said. I'm going to assume it was fine. But I said uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I assume that's what it was. I heard some things that I kind of could pick up, but I'm like, I'm, I hope it's not one of the situations where I, you know, where in a movie or TV show where uh, you see the subtitles and the person's getting insulted, but they don't realize it. Um, right. But we're doing this, of course, because we're talking about an episode of Psych called Lights, Camera, Homicidio. Uh, which is an episode about telenovela. Um, and uh, I will hear what you think about it. I, I'm a huge fan of this episode. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and I think that it's just a lot of fun. I don't know about you. What did you think about it? Uh, es muy bueno. Me gustó mucho. Uh, yeah, yo siento que es algo que, que, que tiene algo que ver conmigo, ¿no? Uh, see, but I don't actually know what you said. Once again. <laughs> okay, I'll stop it there. I'll, I'll stop saying it, but basically I was like, yeah, I feel like it, it makes sense because it's, it's like, it has a little bit to do with my culture. Um, mm -hmm. I was never a, a soap opera watcher. Uh, mm -hmm. it's not my thing, but I definitely, that, that it does exist in our culture and yeah, my family was a big, uh, big fan of these. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. We start off, it's about telenovelas. We start off with Henry back in the day watching it. Um, he's obviously interested in it, but he lies to Sean and says that he was taking a nap. You know, you know, no one believes him. But he teaches Sean a little secret about what's going on on the program. Yeah, um, apparently um, he Sean, I guess, just thought that they were like great actors. But they're doing the thing where I guess you make yourself cry by staring into bright lights. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't aware that was a thing that you did. But uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And so. Yeah, and he basically, he basically said that like acting is just a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes, John, you know, thought the goofballs on chips were actually cops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did. Uh, they did look like uh, cops of a certain era. I'll say that. I mm. think. I think. Actually, I don't yeah. even know. I wasn't born in. I the mean, your 70s. uncle is Eric Estrada, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all the same. Same shit. Yeah. No, I was talking about a specific California-based Mexican. <laughs> is he Mexican? Um, I think he is. I might be. I'm probably wrong about that. Now you that better fucking it. hope he is. Well, let's see. What? Am I? Nope. Damn it. He's Puerto Rican. Fuck. Yep. Canceled. I mean, in my defense, culture back in the day is if you were anything from south of Laredo, is like, I don't <laughs> Well, if you would have known he was from East Harlem, you would have been able to guess he's Puerto Rican. Well, I just assumed he was from LA because of chips, but that's because I'm an <laughs> idiot. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, funny enough, he thought about becoming a police officer, but turned to acting. So, yeah. Well... Good for him, I suppose, but he became the goofball on chips. So we start off the present tense with Sean and Gus on a golf cart riding for the back of a TV studio. Uh, apparently, Lassie called, need their help. 
And Gus mentions that he was eating a poached egg with hollandaise sauce and an um, a, an English muffin, which is bizarre that he spells it out because that's just Eggs Benedict. I don't know why he would. I mean, except for yeah. he has the ham, but he's basically eating right. Eggs Benedict without the ham. Yeah, I'm not a huge Eggs Benedict guy. Well, I think that this might be the most thing we describe anything because Eggs Benedict is far and away my favorite breakfast food. Uh, and, I don't like uh, poached egg. Loved poached egg. I love when an egg can make bread saturated. Um, just a big fan. Uh, I do love that, yeah. Obviously, it's not as good for me now with gluten-free bread, but it's actually not that bad because an English muffin is something that... Because it all kind of comes out fine when you get the saturation in the bread. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah. The thing that's mm-hmm. even better than Eggs Benedict I've had, I've only I've had twice at two different places to serve it, is it's uh, called Eggs Nova Scotia, where they replace the ham with uh, lox, which... Ooh. Very good. Never yeah. heard of that. I'm looking. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's called the cross the board, but that's what I've seen it called that in two different places. Um, it looks incredible. Yeah. And so Sean makes fun of him and says, Dame Judy Ench calls. You want your breakfast back? Um, which I just love the idea of you trying to bring that back. And Sean, he feels at home here. He sees his people, like writers, artists, guys dressed as toast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately for him, they're not here to watch uh, the filming of the show Psych or anything like that. They're here because they're, it's like a television film set, not like a movie one. And specifically, they're going to the set of Explosión Gigantesca de Romance, mm-hmm. uh, which literally means large explosion of romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Gus is a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's able to like, I mean, we know right away that, I mean, he mm-hmm. just, a, he seems the type judging mm-hmm. from like every other interaction we've seen with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, cause this, the place that they go to is Corinne's living room and, uh, last was talking to an actor named Jorge Gamalobo, uh, who plays a character who apparently slept with Mariana at his own mother's funeral. Um, and then they see a dead guy though, who is, uh, Bernardo Nunez, whose character used to be married to Corinne, um, and he's dead on the floor. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's dead. Um, and I guess I'm not really sure why Lasseter called Sean over there. Maybe just to gloat, or maybe he just got the facts like after the fact. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, so they get there, and upon getting there, basically Lasseter announces that it's kind of an open and shut case because mm. it's a very uh, like a very Brandon Lee type of crime scene where mm-hmm. somebody, oh, sorry, and Alec Baldwin, I guess, mm-hmm. um, where Gamma, Jorge Gamma Lobo, or mm-hmm. no, is that his name? Yeah, Jorge yeah, Gamma Lobo. He apparently stabbed Ronaldo to death um, with what was supposed to be a prop knife that was subbed out for a regular knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that that's what it seems to be. However, when, they, when Sean looked at the tape, he genuinely sees that Gamalobo has. Um, I'll just call him, call him Jorge from going going forward. Yes, um, he has a look of Which surprise on his face. Obviously, Lobo means wolf. Apparently, Gamma is spectrum, so ga- spectrum wolf. I had you no know. idea that that's what that meant. It must be a cognate of gamut, if I had to take a guess. But anyway, I guess I've never had the need to use the word spectrum. I'm sure I'm not. I, I wasn't. Saying that I wasn't yeah, being yeah, yeah. of you not knowing anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, of course I not. speak I speak one language in you know I I wanted the joke of I speak one language poorly, but like that I can't do that. I use too many big words to say like I I can't be self-deprecating about my ability a lot to speak of $10 English. Words, yeah. yeah, like I am actually very good at speaking English. I'm bad at speaking other languages, but I'm good at speaking English. But anyway, continue. 
yeah, so uh, he mentions that like the, the look that Gamma Lobo has when this thing occurs isn't the one of a killer. It's actually the one of someone surprised that this uh, happened the way that it did. So yes. Sean doesn't think that he killed him. Yes, and if you recall, this is a similar setup to uh, the Monk episode, um, Mr. Monk and the Big Show. What is it? Mr. Monk goes to the theater um, where uh, Sharona's sister is accused of doing this. But of course, in that, the twist is that the knife was fake the whole time and that he was stabbed later. Remember that one? No, uh, I don't. Well, Honestly, I like the worst memory. His, he's allergic to peanuts, so he was an anaphylactic shock. And when they call the doctor over, the doctor stabs him. Anyway. Um, the doctor I, stabbed him? Yeah, I, I, you saw this episode. This is a thing. I don't remember. About. I don't recall this at all. Um, yeah. Who was the doctor? Was anybody we know? He's not anyone famous. But the daughter who he was in cahoots with was uh, Australian actress Melissa George, who was probably most notable oh, for playing yeah. the lead in both the Australian and American versions of The Slap. Anyway. Um, I mostly remember her for her scene from the movie Dark City, but I'll leave that there. I mean, I mostly just think about the slap a lot. Um, you know, we kind of just... I feel like there was a moment we talked about it again after the Will Smith thing, and we just made jokes about it, but, like, the slap was a thing. Um, anyway. Yeah, it existed. Correct. Yeah. So, oh, no, Amy Sedaris, Sedaris was on an episode. Okay, yes. I remember now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did say, because she's on a couple episodes of Monk back then. See, that's the thing, though. Like, I need to hear about the actor that was in it, typically, for me to, like, kind of remember. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, anyway, as they're about to get escorted away, uh, Sean notices that there's a hair in the bag with the knife that they're bagging up. Um, and Gus asks oh, you, him. You completely skipped over the fact that there's a Spanish version of the theme song, which is just fantastic. Oh, did I, I skip love... that? Yeah, you did. did. No, did I? Theme song? Because I wrote down theme song. Um... Yeah, you, you you skipped it. Because then the, yeah. they're oh, back. You're right. uh, no, no, the hair is actually before what you said. Sorry, that's the issue. Um, I just want to mention that for later. Um, then the oh, theme song. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. I love that about this show that there's like a lot of variations to the theme song. That's yeah. the reason fun. is because actually the theme song is by the band is by the creator's band. I don't know what instrument the creator plays in it, but so that's why they, I think they're able to do it easily. You know what? You can definitely tell that the theme song is by the the creator of the show because it's like a really fucking generic, horrible song. Yeah, um, is that I still song? like? Yeah, I still like uh, it, it's but like, it's, it's fun. It also thinks that it tonally works. Um, they didn't get Randy Newman, let's just say that. No, they didn't. Uh, and so they are um, – what was I going to say? Uh, all right, yeah. So they are in the office. Uh, Sean's doing a ex- demonstration of how he thinks that uh, Jorge didn't actually do it. Um, but they're not really buying it. Yeah, they uh, they did, they just see it like the tape as the damning evidence. Um, and – yeah, that's kind of just where they end up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also mentioned that Gamma Lobo, or they might not, but somehow it's mentioned that Gamma Lobo is off the show temporarily. And obviously Gus is upset because there is a storyline mm-hmm. involving him that they that he needs to be resolved. Yeah, that he's in a you love know? triangle and it's possible that he is the father of Serena's baby. Yes, correct. Um, and then I think this is where, yeah, this is where Sean mentioned that there was a long hair on the knife. Yeah. Uh, that's in the evidence bag and you know he wants them to check it out to see who it could belong to and obviously it doesn't belong to jorge because he doesn't have long hair mm-hmm. um so sean you know assumes mm-hmm. that the owner of the hair on the knife must be who committed exactly. the crime or who set it so, up yes 
And so they get one day to solve the case. Um, and so they big deal about it. They get craft service privileges, which of course is great. Shouts to Crafty. Um, Have you and, partaken? No, but I know that they call it Crafty. Oh, do they? Yeah. Who calls it that? That's what like slang of the, the, the industry is. I'm not making that up. I've made up. Actually, I don't make up stuff often, but that is a thing that I've heard plenty of times. Yeah, how have you heard it if you've never partaken? I mean, because I listen to as many podcasts and shows about movies and television as possible. I'm a dork. They're all liars, though. Okay, well, that's true. That's inherent in being an actor. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so they meet the head writer, Lance Rothstein, played by the great, the great Saul Rubinick. Um <laughs> Just one of the great guys at being stressed on camera. <laughs> Honestly, like, unfortunately for... Me and probably anybody who's a fan of the Ringer and the Rewatchables, it's always just overacting from oh, uh, True Romance. Oh, yeah, great in that scene. You stabbed me in the. I treated you like a son. <laughs> you stabbed me. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I've only seen the movie once, honestly, and I liked it a lot. I've only seen it once too, but yeah, I saw Ruben Act, just a great actor. Honestly, was- I've only ever seen him in like very little stuff. The only thing I can remember seeing him for a prolonged. Mm-hmm. Uh, time period was like the first season of Hunters on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else I've seen other than True Romance. There's been a couple other things. Um, I just can't remember because he just, I mean, he's just a classic type of guy. Um, and the joke about this, of course, is that he's not, um, he's not Spanish at all. He's a former writer for Blossom, but uh, that right. Guy, I mean, his name is Lance Rothstein. Uh, Oh my god! I wonder if that actually. Germany. Do you know if that actually ever happens? Where like you know, these shows are not written by Spanish-speaking people. I doubt it, but I mean, I suppose it could be the case. I'll say this: there's this weird phenomenon these days, um, and I'm only I'm I'm like I'm in the middle of this whole situation. Essentially, back in the day, um, when I was like in high school, I want to say maybe maybe even earlier than that. Um, there was a huge thing with soap operas, like on the Spanish-speaking channels, like Univision and whatever, uh, or Telemundo. They were actually like more importing soap operas, or at least primetime ones. They would import them from like Brazil or mm-hmm. from other places, so they were always like dubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like the soap operas that you would watch from like 5 p.m. to like 10 p.m. Right, like different mm-hmm. blocks. Um, all like the Mexican and like Venezuelan and Colombian ones were like typically the ones you watch during the day, like mm-hmm. kind of like all my children and all that shit. It was yeah. like the, the the less quality. But right now, there's a huge thing with like Turkish soap operas being played dubbed in Spanish wow. here on Spanish language television. So like literally, I was watching. You might redact this name or keep it. It doesn't matter. She won't ever hear it. But when I was working at um what's it called? Like on um, Cheryl Sandberg's houses, Mm -hmm. I would like talk to her uh, like housekeepers and they would ask me like about my personal life. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm married to this Turkish girl, whatever. Like, Oh my God, I love this soap opera. The Turkish Mm -hmm. men are so hot. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. I guess Turkish soap operas are like the fucking, the soap opera du jour these days. Mm. So it's like a weird cross section that I find myself in. That's awesome. Um, So she has the Turkish soap operas. Yeah. And so, really hot guys, admittedly. Believe me, I believe it. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that he is that Lance is very stressed out. He doesn't have any time. He thinks they might be actors, but he then he, Sean introduces himself as a psychic and he introduces Gus with, in my opinion, a top five Gus nickname, Lavender Gooms. I need, I, is, need to, I need to keep track of these. 
you can't keep saying top five. You don't need to because the list already exists. But my favorite thing about this is that Lavender Gooms is the actual name of one of Dulé Hill's aunts in Jamaica. (laughs) Lavender Gooms. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Lavender Gooms is, I think, I think that any self-respecting psych fan will put it in at least the top ten. Um, I personally put it in my top five. Uh, it's just so fun to say. Um, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I mean, it's a good one. Um, um I'd, I'd have to look it on my notes. Yeah, I mean, they, they they ramp up as the show goes on. As as with any show, the bits once they figure out what the bits are, they do them more and more. You know, and it gets to the point where it's probably like at least once every. Probably, I would say every two out of three episodes, there's a nickname as the show. You know, is in the middle. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so they tell him that they didn't think that Jorge did it, and he's like, okay, whatever. Um, they just want him to catch... They, he wants them to catch them because um, it's stressful, and they if they don't shoot the scenes and get everything done, they're going to have to go live. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I would assume that doing a live show is just like a very daunting task and just not something that you would really want to do. Especially... And not um, something that you could do... It's not that the network would not say you need to do it live because there would be extra resources that would probably make it cost prohibitive to do in comparison to just like doing a rerun, you know? Correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it, but yeah, uh, essentially, yes, that's what they suggest or, or whatever. Um, and then we kind of get a little bit of background on Jorge's life. Did you just say this or did you not? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, no, that they go to his, uh, they ask where his home address is. And then he says that he lives in his dressing room basically because his wife left him. Um, and so they go in there. Yeah. You know what? I honestly thought we were like, his wife was going to be involved in some capacity, but uh, yeah, no, she's not to be seen in this episode. Yes. Uh, and so anyway, we cut to the police station uh, and, uh, Juliet notices a new cop, uh, Penny, what is it, Penny Pascaretti? Correct. Um, and uh, she introduces herself, and how does it go? Yeah, you know, she's fresh from Oakland, you know. it's uh, Maybe at the time it was a up-and-coming neighborhood, let's just say, a little bit rougher around the edges. Um, and that explains why she says, sorry, cousin, I don't know who you are. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about like whistle tips, but uh, we've we've beaten that. Yeah, I said, oh, it's like man, you're hella annoying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just those are the two Oakland slang I can go to. Yeah, um, and so before this, like Lassiter mentions that he hates new blood. He doesn't like new people in the in in the station, and Jules is more than welcoming for more females on the force. You know, good for her. And yeah, again, Jules introduces herself and just Penny just seems to be like a very cold, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like a very cold woman. Um, I guess she's used to like disrespect on the force in some capacity, or at least that's what we're gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she kind of just stonewalls Juliet and Juliet takes off and uh, Lasseter inquires whether they're going to be BFFs going forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, Penny, I think it just seems like a rude person and I wouldn't want anything to do with. I understand that the point of this arc is to try to make Juliet seem too prying, and I think in the second part she is, but here she's completely reasonable. She's just saying, hi, if you need any help, let me know. Uh, and if someone's response to that is to be mean, like, fuck them. <laughs> like, I'm just, you know. Um, yeah. And so anyway, uh, they cut to um, the, we cut to Jorge's dressing room. Um, one first, he tells them to call him Jorge, and Sean thinks that's funny. He goes, Jorge. Um, 
and uh, they tell him that they think he's framed. He says it's music to my earlobes, which is a joke that I like. Um, and Gus yeah. asks the important question: Do you know if Serena's baby is yours? But of course, that's not the important question. The important question is: Are those meatballs for you? Yeah, um, you know, to be fair, these meatballs look pretty dynamite. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, that that's what they have in mind. Um, Sean notices there's a photo of Jorge's family, um, mm-hmm. his family that he left back in Mexico to you know pursue mm-hmm. his acting career, mm-hmm. and they you know have a little bit of a problematic bit where they mention that his sister. They think his sister is his brother. Um, mm-hmm. She's a very masculine looking. Uh, she had yeah, a hair. I would back. say that this that. is. I was wondering how much of this episode wouldn't age well, and I would say that this is the only thing I think like aged bad. Um, it wasn't good yeah. in 2008, even honestly. Um, but uh, haha, people in certain areas of the world uh, have more facial hair than others is like kind of like you know, we don't need that. Yeah, correct. Now I can't deny that Sean saying a young Keith Hernandez sort of way is funny objectively, but they shouldn't be making the jokes to begin with. Correct. Yeah, it was a very tough look. Yeah, and of course, and I would say the one thing that makes this episode complicated is that although Sean Spencer is not, James Rodé Rodriguez is Mexican, so there is, like, it is kind of a weird thing. Okay, uh, I'm just, okay, I mean, okay, we'll get to it later. I just have a question about his accent. Is that it's bad? Because apparently he does speak decent Spanish. I assume he was acting to put it on a bad accent. Okay, that's what I was curious about, whether he was, like, doing that or not, like, on purpose. I'm okay. to be trivia says he speaks Spanish. I don't know if he actually does. But okay. um, it would I, I think it would make sense that he's putting on a bad accent because, you know, that's his character supposed to. But anyway, Correct. we see that there is some evidence on the wall of a struggle, of violence. And Shoshana asked about that. And we learned that it was Quintessa who plays Corinne, um, who apparently is the Latina Susan Lucci. So. Uh, yeah, I, Susan Lucci was uh, she was on which show? She? I think uh, the only and the rest I forget because she wasn't on the I, I like I mentioned last week she wasn't on the ABC ones which are the ones that I'm familiar with so. right yeah yeah so much soap opera stuff lately um yeah so <laughs> uh, I think she was almost she was nominated like a million times for like Emmys but she never fucking won exactly yes um, yeah poor woman and Gus says I don't think there's a woman that could beat you up and Sean correctly says B Arthur which I think. There's one of my favorite comedy things is the one of my favorite comedy zags is when someone says something like that and then everyone just goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the thing yeah. that makes that joke funny to me is not just that he is B Arthur but that Gossamer is like yeah she's good <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um, and then we hear though Quintessa is having a meltdown Quintessa, Quintessa sorry I thought I said that but I probably didn't uh, having a meltdown because apparently Lance wrote the word nipple in Spanish into a script. Um, which is, uh, I don't know what that's problematic, but sure. Yeah. I don't know either. I think there's only one way of saying it really. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. She says something that sounds like Tortuga, which of course is not what she's, cause she was not saying tortoise, but, um, something like that. Yeah. Pezon, like with a Z, but you really say it like Pezon, really? Yeah. So that's how you say nipple. Yes. Um, FYI. Good to know. Um, I mean, you, that'd be very helpful for you. I mean, you can't go a week without tweeting that your nipples are hard. But, I mean, that's, that's just true. I, you, you have a it's couple things you tweet much. regularly where I'm just like, Andre, I don't understand. Like, I tweet really dumb <laughs> shit, and I'm like, I, I would never in a million years put this out in public. I mean, I just think people should the know. The world needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. The world yeah. needs to know. That's fine. Yeah, I understand. They could, cut, they could cut diamonds. 
It's so cold these days. It's still fucking cold. It's June 8th, and it's fucking 67 degrees high in L.A. The thing is, we're switching temp because obviously we haven't talked about it. I mean, how many times when we were doing the Monk Pod would I get on and ask, like, hey, uh, how are you doing with the fires? Now it's my dumb ass, you know. uh, Yeah, but it's not even there. That's the worst part. It's in another country. No, but it's still, I mean, it's like truly, I don't know if you saw the photos from yesterday. I mean, it was like red outside it was bad oh i know trust me my sister's been sending me photos she's back in new york yeah it's uh and it's like i've been thankfully i still carry an n95 in my bag so i was you know i just whenever i'm outside but like it is genuinely i'm not telling you anything you don't know but like it uh it is not great anyway thankfully it should be sort of mostly done by tomorrow at night but anyway um yeah so in her uh dressing room though sean sees underwear that matches uh, the underwear that Nunez was wearing when he was dead. Um, so that is yeah, good evidence. Clue. And uh, Sean and Gus said they're going to follow her. And Sean will ask questions, and Gus has to grab a piece of her hair to compare against the one they found with the knife. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they catch up with her, and right off the bat, she seems like a diva. Um, and she's, yeah, she's very mean. Um, and Sean gets right to it. He asked her like how familiar she was with Ronaldo. And obviously she has some sort of familiarity. They were recording a show together, but Sean cuts to brass tacks and basically mentions that his underwear basically was like on the floor in her room. So, uh, clearly they were boinking, which I just, I fucking love like top three ways of saying someone having sex. Absolutely. I was honestly thinking the same thing. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it just so it's, it's funny. Um, it has a hard K sound. Where was the like? There was like a show or something where like someone said I boinked. Oh, I think it was Road Trip, where someone says like I boinked her and like they just laughed at him for saying like <laughs> that he boinked somebody. It might have been a bad crazy as, like, way to say it's in the first person. <laughs> like using that term in the first person is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh. Sean, uh, she leaves, and Gus is like, I got a pair of her, piece of her hair. Turns out, no, she, he didn't. He got a piece of her scrunchie. He's an idiot. Um, and so they decide to split up, where Gus will go talk to the prop master, and Sean will go back to set and uh, talk to Lance. So um, they uh, go to... Uh, wait, no, Gus isn't going to talk to... Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, the prop sorry. master, yeah. yeah that yeah, Sean goes to the set, and... He gets shushed because there's the scenes going on. And there's a scene where a guy named Chad, like a UPS type driver, is flirting with uh, someone. I forget the character's name or the actor's name. Corinne? Not, not Corinne, no. It's not, is it Corinne? Serena? Is it? I think, Corinne yeah, is Serena. the main. Yeah, but it was Serena in that scene because the whole thing is that okay. he's with both. Um, gotcha. And the guy is way overacting. And Sean is like, you ought to be subtle. And he does kind of a line reading of it. And that gets Lance's attention. Yeah. Um, it gets his attention to put... Uh, Sean, mm-hmm. he will be the new Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's nice. <laughs> and so we also cut to Gus meeting the prop master to talk about the fake knife. Mm-hmm. And they go after it. Like, you know, it's a very scientific process where you want it to feel real. You know, you want to convey the emotion without killing someone, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, the prop master gives Gus the, the prop knife and invites him to take a stab. No mm-hmm. pun intended, or pun intended. Pun intended, um, yeah. Pun intended. And yeah, he does it, and he asks if he could borrow it, so he goes to meet up with Sean, and 
that's when they yeah. basically talk about how in between the time from when the knife was made to when it was used on set, it basically could have been exchanged up to like six times. So yeah. it could be a lot of people who could have tampered with the knife. But the problem is their one day is over. And so Gus is like, we need more access and time. And of course, Sean solved that problem because he is now an actor in the show. Um, so yep. we then cut to uh, Lassie and Jules interviewing Anita, who plays Serena. And they ask if there are any instances of Hori being violent. And she starts to recap stuff that happened on the show. Um, I tried to write it down, but it happens fast. Like push someone off a bridge, beat the charge, uh, mm-hmm. kill the stepbrother or something. Ron Sandoval, mm-hmm. who when they asked McNabb to come in, knows the show and so we learned that she murdered her husband by freezing his body and sending it to hawaii to defrost by a volcano um you know yeah 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 it's good stuff i mean that's basically like what movies have evolved to these days just and what uh lassie gleans from this is that the writers must are geniuses at coming up with murder plots so that's his new theory which is a dumb theory admittedly uh, I mean, okay, yes. Most and no. people say it's a dumb theory is because switching a prop knife for a real knife is is not nearly as crazy as the things that they're describing. Like that's actually a pretty simple... correct. Yes, in the context of that, yes. But I mean, as we learned in Monk and on this show, there are very creative ways to kill people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so uh, they um, we cut back to the scene, the set. Sean does is doing a kissing tea, scene with Quintessa, and she doesn't like him because you know he's off the street. And he describes her as Mariah Carey on a bender. Uh, and apparently, they got through eighty three pages in one day, which is insanity. Because um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a page is one minute of film. They basically recorded eighty three minutes of television. In okay, so that's another interesting thing, real quick. Um, about these Turkish soap operas, apparently one of the big ones called Suleiman or some shit mm. like that, uh, the Golden Age. Uh, hold on, I want to get this right. Suleiman is you know was a the leader. Of Correct. Korea. I mean I know Correct. you know that. Uh, Mutusham Yuzul. These fucking episodes. It's not a joke, dude. They run from ninety to one hundred and fifty minutes each, and there's a hundred and thirty nine of them. Like. Damn. Good fucking lord, man! <laughs> like I, I mean, considered, I considered actually watching that until I found out about the runtime. I'm like, there's no fucking way. No, no. But I mean, good for people watching. And I, I think that there is space. For, I've, I've long said, and I think that this is something that you and I probably agree on. That like, while there are shows that are good in the format of like eight episodes a year, I think that it, there are definitely shows that work well if there's 24 episodes that are 45 minutes long. Like. I'm sorry, you know, like it's kind of, I hate that every show is now six episodes. It's like, why can't we have characters breathe and be together, yada, yada, yada. Um, But I know that that's something that people my age don't agree with that. And I think they're dumb that we need to bring back the uh, procedural shows. Um, Trust me, you're talking to a guy who loves Twin Peaks the last season and it was 18 episodes and it's some of the fucking slowest shit you'll ever see. Yeah, I just don't think, I think that people, uh, you know. I think that I think like 15 10 years ago it was a really popular take among people my age to be like you know Britain does it better where they only have like six episode seasons and they do it like only when they want think it's ready it's like no nah, man part of the beauty of television is the shagginess of putting together 24 episodes and you don't have that much time that's what's fun and interesting that's what gets the magic flowing anyway yeah 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 make you. movies if you want to do that anyway um yeah so Gosses points out that Sean's sorry that Sean says that he's only using the Spanish he learned from Chardo on the Love Boat. Um, 
but he did get a hair off of um, Quintessa's head. He gives to Lassie, but of course Lassie uh, does not need to use it. But as this is happening, Lassie learns that Sean is on the move, and he also gets from Kathy a styrofoam clamshell of uh, Peking duck with pineapple, um, which is the pineapple Sounds- mention of the episode. Ah, I see. Okay, sounds delicious. I never had Peking duck. Um, never mind. I do like duck a lot. To happen, yeah, I do too. Um, so yeah, we uh, Lassie doesn't need the hair uh, mm-hmm. because the hair that was on the knife was synthetic, came mm-hmm. from a wig. So yeah, there goes uh, the idea of Corinne came having from a been involved. Cheap wig. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, I get one. natural. Yeah, I so, don't even have a stance on that. I don't know why I took a stance against synthetic wigs. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we cut to the writer's room. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance Rossing and his group of writers are going through some, you know, they're running through some notes. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, Lassie walks in and mm-hmm. he's got a warrant to inspect everything. And this is when we get the reason why. And it's because they have, uh, you know, creative murder situations. Yes. So, yeah. We also then we see that Henry is still apparently a fan. Of, he still watches telenovelas and he sees Sean on the show. And then we cut to the hospital where Lassie and Jules show up because apparently Jorge tried to kill himself and he let a no confessing to the murder. And when they get there, Sean and Gus are sitting at his bedside and Lassie wants them kicked out. Yeah. Do we ever hear how he tried to kill himself? Just I think we learned later that he was poisoned, so I assume he said that he took some pills or something. Ah, okay, I see. Um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so uh, like you said, Sean and Gus are there and the nurse shows up because there's a little bit of a commotion there. Mm-hmm. And... Because uh, Sean and Gus were so desperately trying to prove uh, Jorge's innocence, he listed them as friends, as a part of friends and family. Mm-hmm. So they are invited to be there. However, the mm-hmm. cops got to go. And so they get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start to talk amongst themselves, Sean and Gus, mm-hmm. that uh, murder-suicide coma sounds like a real-life soap opera situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Sean gets a glimpse of, uh, of some more synthetic hair on Jorge's body. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone with a wig, uh, mm-hmm. possibly the same person, uh, mm-hmm. for the previous crime is involved in this as well. Yeah. And Sean keeps trying to do dramatic lines, you know, like someone else did it. It's like, Oh, okay. The synthetic hair is found in life means the same person was there. You know, he keeps saying like things and Gus keeps asking follow-up questions, which is a fun bit. Um, yeah. and so then, uh, Juliet and Lassie are talking about the, um, letter and uh, they're like, don't even bother with the handwriting samples yet. And Juliet starts to read it, and she starts to go, and Lassie recognizes it, and they realize that it is directly lifted from one of the scripts. Yeah, you know what? I love that they kept with the idea that Lassiter didn't know this because he was a f- secret yeah. underground fan of like the soap opera. It's just because he was you know, pouring over all the notes. He's a very uh, diligent police mm-hmm. officer, mm-hmm. and he recognized it from a script that he'd, he'd yeah. been reading. And I do love this fake out they do where Rothstein looks like he's in jail. It's like, hey, this is what it feels yeah, like to be yeah, in jail. Same. And same. like the phones aren't real. And we see that it's just a, a scene of Ernesto being in prison, um, which is very funny. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so unfortunately for Lance, um, that scene is about to become reality. Uh, or actually, unfortunately or fortunately, depends yeah. on how you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, he gets arrested by Lassie and Jules, and um, we cut to like a real kind of like nothing burger of a scene. Yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, Jules is talking to uh, the new officer Penny mm-hmm. at the station, and she gives her a cupcake, 
red velvet, which is welcome to me. Any, any, yeah. If anybody wants to show up to me and give me a red velvet cupcake, I will take it. Yeah, I, once again, this whole plot line doesn't work for me. Mo- I'm glad, but the thing about it is it's so short. I don't really care because it's only two quick scenes. Correct. Well, three Correct. techniques that include the ending one. But yeah, like, I understand that this girl's woman's a little weirded out, but just like, I just feel like this is all her problem. I understand that you can't go through life expecting people to be nice, but like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. really, I don't love a plotline where the message is like, don't try to reach out and be kind to people because they might be weirdos who don't like kindness. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's it's a stretch and it's like a weird. Yeah, I think they this show needs to work on their B plot lines badly. So yeah, far. yeah. I think that uh, I, frankly, I think the solution is to just have everyone always involved and not have to worry about it too much. Correct. Like, Correct. Um, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a student of the uh, of the written form of uh, TV writing. I mean, so. it's it's it it almost always shows will have a B plot line, but like I think that if the B plot line is related to the A plot line, it's just easier. Like I don't need Juliet to. Also is the be whole is the whole purpose of a B plot line to involve other characters who are main build on the show? Correct. Well, not okay. it's not because of like that. Made, the way you're saying it makes it sound like it's like a contractual thing, but like it's just to keep characters, and it's also to help pad out the episode because a lot of times, like you know, even if it's like a complex case, um, if you want, because you don't want to harm the pace of the main storyline by adding in filler scenes to it, and so you add other scenes to you know break it up and uh, you know keep things interesting. And there's obviously there's a lot of B plot lines and episodes that work really well, so it's not like there's an issue with having them generally. I think that um, a lot of them feel contrived in they feel like they just made them up to have something happen. Um, as opposed to things that are like really deeply in character. Because while Juliet is a character who is overly kind, mm-hmm. I don't believe that she would go from getting rejected for a handshake to then buying a cupcake. If there was like a scene in the middle that like built it more, I still wouldn't love it, but it would make more sense. But this is just a big ex- escalation. Anyway, um, yeah. more importantly, we then cut to the scene, uh, the, the, the back lot where uh, Henry shows up to meet, see Sean work um, and Quintessa's getting bobbed by fans. And Sean is uh, eating a Thanksgiving sandwich. Yeah, which is fucking amazing. I love Thanksgiving sandwiches. I'm sorry, I do. I don't like stuffing, like typically, but if you put in a sandwich with some ham, mm-hmm. uh, some turkey, some cranberry sauce, yeah, I'm gonna eat that shit. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, Sean is in makeup, um, and Henry basically tells Sean, you know, he tries to belittle him, telling him that this isn't a real job. But I mean, this is the closest thing he's at. Oh, that's not true. No, but he's at a lot of real jobs. He has just kept them. Correct. Um, but I mean, this this is something that, to some extent, Henry respects because he watches the stuff yeah. on the regular. So yeah, but, but I, just- I understand he doesn't want to gas him up in any way. Yeah. Um, and he mentions that uh, that this is embarrassing to him personally because his accent is really bad and he sounds like the guy from the Pollo Loco commercials, which mm. I'm just curious. Is the Pollo Loco guy the one who plays Jorge? Because it kind of looks like him. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with the Pollo Loco commercials. Okay. All right. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, no, don't. I mean, I, did, I should be. But um, and uh, – Henry starts referencing like things that Sean's character did in the show, like turn your back on Ronaldo, we would have given you half the reward money. And Sean is like, I'm Sean, I'm your son. Look at your boy's eyes. And then he realized, like, oh, what's actually happening here is the fan who did this, who blurred the lines between reality and fiction. Um, and then Sean realizes that he has no female fans, which, you know what? Hey, gotta embrace. If you're a male actor who has gay fans, you gotta embrace them. Don't be 
you know, born 2023 these days. I mean, and if we're, and if we're keeping it and if we're keeping it like 100, um, Mm -hmm. most, uh, people who watch, uh, soap operas of this caliber, they're not the kind of fans you want anyways. I mean, if we want to be really fucking, uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess disrespectful. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this isn't like the target audience. For him. No, exactly. And so anyway, they cut to actually seeing Lance in jail, and he loves it. He feels like it's a real-life experience because he grew up in Beverly Hills. He has no grit, and the riffraff is really good for him. Yeah, I guess Santa Barbara is technically rough in it uh, for him if you're from Beverly Hills. Exactly. And so he feels great about writing here. Um, And Sean mentions that the murderer is doing this to protect Corinne, the character. And so... They uh, come. They they mention that that two killings. Well, the killing and the attempted killing were to protect the character, and their idea of how to smoke this person out is to have Lance write a story where uh, Chad puts Corinne's life in jeopardy, so the person will be forced to try to kill Chad. Correct. Um, yeah. So that's what they're gonna do. And um, now we're at the police station, and uh, we're in Chief Fix's office. She is enthralled by uh, the occurrings on mm-hmm. Explosion Gigantesca de Romance. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets uh, cut off because uh, she asked Jules into her office, and she's in there. Apparently, it's because Penny has filed a harassment charge against mm-hmm. Jules for buying the cupcake, which seems incredibly harsh. Yeah, and that's when Vic, you know, kind of explains that women in the police force are tend to be more cautious and find it really hard to trust people, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like nobody is like I guess it's impossible to have female friends um, on the force. Uh, like you said, it's just not a very good message to send, and no, I'm sure it's not even accurate. It's also something that, frankly, I just don't believe. Correct. In, yeah. in the context of the show is my like, I just and also I can tell from watching the show like the, the thing ultimately about like you can't have a main character say to another main character in season two of a show we're not friends because if your show lasts eight seasons like it does in Psych like obviously they're gonna spend enough time character where the characters are friends like you just can't you know what I mean like this is not yeah. how TV works TV shows are built around people being friends generally um, so anyway uh, yeah. she ends up leaving and. Uh, comments or blouse yada 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 she got from Nordstrom so what happens is that uh we cut back to prison and apparently the show is falling behind a lot um and so they need to do the Friday show live which has needs to have a script where uh there's a new weapon introduced that the murderer can tamper with so then we cut to uh the they're about to go live and we see Sean and Quintessa acting out and there's a couple great bits I really love that when Sean sees it goes, wow, it just is translated as wow. <laughs> yes. Uh, you would typically say wow, wow. with a G. Uh, yes. Uh, and then when he starts doing improvis- improvisation, uh, and Quintessa says improv, I like that. I. This is a thing, you know, wherever we get on faking accents, how even if we get to a place where any accent except yours is offensive to do, I will always find jace funny and that's bad but it's <laughs> jace jace jace, jace. <laughs> but i love the exaggerated way that sean always says it jace <laughs> anyway i'm just i'm sorry i'm like i'm zooming into your background right now what are you looking at I, my room's messy as hell what do you want no i want to see if i'm on your 
the poster. Yes, you are. You're in the. You're in the. Uh, from uh, from the left, you're right here. But you're you're like the darkest one because you played the other, the character that is impossible to see. Sorry about that. Okay, yeah, and I saw that. I'm like, okay, good. Sorry, um, but yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as you mentioned, they're at the live taping, and uh, Sean charges Gus with keeping his eyes peeled for something suspicious. Yes. However, he doesn't the, mention yeah. no. he doesn't mention exactly what he should be mm-hmm. looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're filming, and they realize that they uh, – in the filming, uh, Corinne mentions that she has – they're about to go to some place. I forgot what they're the, going uh, to Someone's charity event. Yeah, some charity event. Yeah, Caridad. Um, and he needs uh, – Corinne has a sudden urge to just fix this shelf that has been, like, mm-hmm. uh, a problem. So they need a nail gun. Una mm-hmm. pistola de clavos. Yes. Um, and she, yeah, so Henry's watching at home, which is really funny. Um, Gus is also watching. He's eating a meatball and he's mm-hmm. watching the show as, mm-hmm. you know, they have a little cut in the action where Sean gets to go off stage and he consults with Gus and he's like, hey, like, have you seen anything? And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, well, he's been, just, yeah. He's been, yeah. And so, but the thing is, Sean doesn't have enough time to inspect the nail gun because Corinne apparently skipped a bunch of pages and uh, she needs to get back out. And so uh, he goes back out. And, um, they, uh, he's like trying to tell Corinne, like it's real. He's saying like in English, but with a heavy Spanish, not heavy Spanish, but with a bad Spanish accent. And, um, Corinne's rolling with it, thinking just improv. And I do love that she's like, uh, you know, she's accusing her stuff. And I also goes, oh my God, Sean's the father of Serena's baby. (laughs) Yeah, I did love that. I did love that. Yeah. Um, and so for like a second, I was like thinking that Corinne was the one that was responsible for all this because no. it seems like she's purposely murdering or mm-hmm. p- purposely avoiding yeah. uh, direction. Um, <laughs> and then it, they cut the action after like, you know, uh, Corinne shoots the nail gun and we see that it's real. Mm-hmm. And Sean basically points out that the murderer is the PA who has been yes. helping Sean get his food, uh, the craft services and all that yes. She's apparently been obsessed with uh, Corinne as a character, thinks that she's basically her twin sister, basically. Um, and uh, they, she's like, she's like, I'm your biggest fan. I've read all the scripts, you know, that type of thing. And she, yeah. uh, the one thing she says about Corinne is that her heart's too big for her chest. And just uh, she gives a look and is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny stuff. And so this woman's clearly insane and is killing actors to protect a character. Um, and uh, Sean says, like, yeah. it was Joe, which, you know, once again, there's something about just putting the J on a Y. It, on, I don't know what it is. It's always funny to me. Yeah, you know, he's just, at this point, he's basically just doing a Scarface impression. Yes. Um, which, yeah. let's say this, for the character, Sean Spencer makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that would be what he would do. Correct. Um, and so, uh, he, you know, Sean starts to go over the stuff, basically, she she exchanged the knives, the prop knife for a real knife. She also poisoned Jorge with his beloved meatballs that he yeah. that he enjoyed. Which that's that he fucked was... up. You don't poison a man's favorite thing. You, like his like if you're making him like a tuna sandwich on a Tuesday, you poison that. You don't poison the food he loves. Correct. Um, and yeah, um, she's she had the cheap imitation wig, and she just readily admits it. She did it, and now it's mm-hmm. Chad's turn to die for sleeping with Serena, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing all this ruckus into uh, Corinne's life. Yep. Luckily, Lassie, you know, he hops into it and he puts an end to it, and he's on camera, 
Um, and he exhausts the only Spanish he knows, which is me gusta queso, which, you know, whom amongst you know. us doesn't love cheese, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, except for lactose intolerant. But even they probably no, like, cheese. like cheese. They just yeah. can't have it. Yeah. yeah. You know? uh, and I mean, I know plenty of people who are lactose intolerant who eat cheese and then are miserable. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of, I, I'll say this, when I took Spanish in high school, I was good at it in the class. But of course, the problem with public high school Spanish is that languages were acquired for most students. And so they only could teach so much of it because most kids were not interested in learning Spanish at all. Like, I think there's a problem with teaching Spanish. I think language is the type of thing where you, it's almost impossible to teach a class on it to people who don't want to learn it. You know what I mean? Like math, you can like do stuff to make people kind of learn how algebra works. There's only so much Spanish you can teach people who are not going to practice it at all outside of class, you know? Correct. Like I took three years of Spanish in uh, high school and I didn't become even close. I only probably, I'd never got anywhere close to being conversant, you know? Mm-hmm. It's okay. I feel like the thing too, I feel like if I like dove back into it, I would be decent at it. Just cause like the parts of speech stuff and the way that it works is, was not difficult for me, which is, I think is the thing that's probably most difficult to people. Um, like the way that words are different orders and things like that, like that, um, it's the words themselves. Yeah, the words themselves are actually, like, that. that's just a question of memorization. But I think that so many people just, like, the thing that is the hang-up is the way that different things work and with subject-verb agreement and with the uh, masculine-feminine, how that relates. That stuff all made a lot of sense to me because I give someone who cares about grammar and English. And I, have a big, I remember a big thing that one of my teachers said, which I think is true, is that the reason one of the reasons Spanish is so hard to learn in that way is because most English speakers don't actually understand how English works. So, like, it's hard to say, like, the object of a sentence is this, that, and the other, because, like, most people who speak English don't think of it in those terms, you know? Correct. I mean, there's a reason why, like, for instance, like, I know fluent Spanish, mm-hmm. but I actually got, like, a C-. minus. Okay, mm-hmm. so in high school, they would, they would bring your parents in um, your freshman year for, like, an interview, and then you would pick your classes after that, um, and then I remember they told me I couldn't take Spanish because uh, my dad didn't yeah. speak English very well. Mm-hmm. So they automatically assumed that I knew Spanish, which they were correct. So I had to take French um, as my language class. Um, it wasn't until junior year you could do Spanish 3, which mm-hmm. I did, and I did pretty well in. Um, and then senior year I took AP Spanish 4 mm-hmm. and honors French I didn't take AP French because that shit was way too hard. Um, but I remember like in AP Spanish for the actual class, mm-hmm. um, I got a C minus in the class because I didn't know what the hell, how, like I didn't know what the hell a present participle of mm-hmm. a verb was. Yeah. Like I, That's just not how I learn Spanish. It's not something that like I ever think about. I mm-hmm. certainly don't even know how to do that in English anymore. Exactly. I just like say the words that I need to say. And that's mm-hmm. kind of just what it is. Yeah. So even in Spanish, I cannot tell you, I know how to say the past, but I don't know how, like all the intricacies that you learn in like English class. Yeah. I mean, in participles and stuff is just, that's, and like thing is I generally know that stuff in English mostly because I don't know. I always was actually interested in the way that like, I'm someone who like, I'm never, I'm not like a stickler for grammar for grammar's sake. But I actually, I genuinely believe that having a good understanding of grammar makes it easier to be understood by other people. Does that make, like, I think that, I think people underrate the fact that, like, grammar and different words have a purpose where, like, life, it's just actually easier just to go through life if you know how to 
communicate easier. The amount of times I see someone like ask something and it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm someone, I don't get people confused with what I say that much because I'm very conscious of how to say it in a confusing way, if that makes sense. Not that I'm not patting yeah. myself in the back, but also as a writer, I, I just feel like it's, uh, you know, it's um, also I just love little things like, you know, I remember when I was in high school, I learned that tech that the reason why politics is a singular word. I'm like, hell yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. That's an interesting fact. And that, that's not interesting, but I found it interesting. Um, you know, like you would, you don't say, because you might say like politics are annoying, but of course that's not true because politics is singular. You say politics is annoying. Or, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to ask you because it's not that interesting to me, but yeah. Okay. But now one of my also favorite things is, and I don't know, I think this is in Spanish, I'm assuming in Spanish it's the same as English, as British English, but there's a difference in British English and uh, American English where in American English, uh, teams, uh, uh, the word team is a singular noun, whereas team is a plural noun in British English. So, like, you'll hear a soccer announcer say, like, the team are out on the field, whereas in English you say the team is on the field. Which I think is a interesting, I think you could do some cultural, you could draw cultural conclusions over what it means that the identity of a team in British English is basically transient, that it could be anyone on it. Whereas in American English, it's like, no, the team is, if it doesn't have all these people, it's not the team. Anyway, I, I found that very interesting. Um, yeah, also, one last Spanish thing, which I always I would make jokes about, and my Spanish teacher would not appreciate, is the fact that uh, it's esta muerta, and uh, esta is the uh, non-permanent version of it, right? Is, am I, am I, is that not true? What is right? What does non-permanent mean? Like, isn't the difference that you would, that you would use two different versions of is... If one is like things that are more permanent, one things that, are, that can be changed, isn't that like one of the rules, kind of? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I didn't learn Spanish. Like I, that. Uh, I mean, I remember that's basically I, the the joke I was making was that whoever invented the only difference. This is what I would say. I think I think what you're getting at is that you'd say "está muerto" versus "es muerto." Yeah. Uh, well, no. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got you. Yeah. I, I yeah. No. no yeah. I'm, okay. I just looked it up. It's. This is from SpanishDictionary.com. Use S when referring to something more permanent and use esta using something temporary. And I would joke that the fact that it's uh, esta muerto means that whoever invented the Spanish knew about zombies. It's a dumb joke I would make, but it was a joke I would make every time that it came up. I see. Okay. Because I'm, I'm going to say, like, okay, if I'm here right now... No, but you would say the same thing. Like, if I'm here, like, yo estoy en la casa, like, I am here at the home. And then if you say, like... I live in Mexico. Yo, well, I am in Mexico. Yo estoy en. Me I guess, yeah. You would have to get more specific about what you're doing. It, it, it was not. It was not a like always rule. But I remember that that was like the general, the general no, no, I know. thing was that I like, get if it. you're describing the idea of it is like if you are saying that someone is friendly, you would say s because they are a friendly person. If you're saying like they are, you know, running, then you wouldn't say esta because they're not always running. That's what I, you know. And then like son, son, mm. like son. You would be like, ellos son muy whatever. They are that way. That's how they are. Yeah. Versus like they are currently. It's 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 really weird. Um, anyway, the whole idea was just that yeah. my teenage brain was like zombies. Because um, that would gotcha. the joke being that of all things, if the rule is permanent versus not permanent, death you would think is the permanent one. Um, anyway. Uh, that was a yeah. long digression, but it's late in the episode. We then cut to the last bit where we see on the TV Sean's character's death where he gets thrown into a well by Serena, Corinne, and uh, whatever Jorge's characters was. And um, Vicente, or, I think? Ernesto. I no, Ernesto was the guy who died. Anyway, 
Uh, but of course, Sean swims to the surface and Chad lives. And uh, that's the end of the episode. What do you give it out of 10? I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a 9, baby. Um, I tweeted. I texted wow, that was the first 9. Yeah. I texted my brothers during this. I said, um, Marvel fans are excited that Matt Shackman is directing the Fantastic Four movie because he directed WandaVision. But real ones are excited because he directed Lights, Camera, Homicidio. Um, so, you know, they're giving this guy a billion-dollar franchise. And I think he's, he's directing what Fantastic I'm saying. He's directing the MCU Fantastic Four movie. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Well, I hope it works out. I mean, I hope it does too. WandaVision was really good. I'm, je- I'm kind of skeptical of giving a guy his first big movie budget for this. Um, not that I, I'm, the problem is I'm not skeptical in that he the movie won't be competent because obviously the thing about Marvel is that it's incapable of making an incompetent movie because it's just too on rails, but. I worry that that means that it'll just be a movie that's very generic because they're not going to let him make any decisions. But that is for my other podcast, Marvel Cinematic University. But speaking of yeah. other stuff, uh, Andre, where can people find your stuff on Twitter? Yeah, you could find me at Andre Barrera. And you can find me at the J. Christie. Please rate be subscribed to the show. Follow the show at For Psych on Twitter. Share it with the friends in your life that like Psych. And more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about Dislodged. <laughs>